Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the podcast, we are going to be breaking down the Los Angeles Rams from a fantasy football perspective, continuing our series of fantasy football previews. Uh, we're, we've gone through about half the league now, have about half the league left, and uh, I hope that you guys enjoy the podcast. Hope that you guys have been enjoying all of these. And uh, before we get into breaking down the Rams, I need to, of course, tell you about rotoexperts.com, our NFL 365 package, I think presents probably the best value of any fantasy football package that you can get on the market right now. For $39.99, you get absolutely expert projections, rankings, customizable cheat sheets for your league, premium content, some free content, our best ball tools, our ultimate guide to best ball drafting, our ultimate guide to zero RB drafting, and uh, and much more, including our, our premium Slack chat as well, where you get to interact with myself, Drew Dinkmeyer, Michael Leone, and uh, the other Roto Experts contributors. I think that you guys will enjoy the package. Now let's go ahead and dig into the Los Angeles Rams. So starting out at the quarterback position, Jared Goff is the starter backed up by newly signed Blake Bortles. Uh, You guys might remember John Wolford from the AAF. Uh, He actually was one of the guys who was good in the AAF. I I just learned that he is the fourth string quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. So where to take Goff? Uh, Goff is actually a guy that I get a lot in fantasy football drafts. I think Goff Goff's ADP is really appropriate for what he is able to provide. Now, of course, he does not have the same ceiling as Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, Kyler Murray. These guys all go within like 15 picks of one another. Uh, The main reason, of course, to draft Jared Goff, though, is because he stacks with some of the best wide receivers in fantasy football. So that's more something that you would think about in uh, the play draft best ball championship. You would think about that in really large field tournaments. So like, the FFPC is not a best, like the FFPC main event is not a best ball league. However, the entire goal of that league is to come in first place, and you definitely are going to be wanting, you're going to want to capture spiked potential, and you're also going to want to capture correlation in what, and not, and this doesn't even mean for high stakes leagues, but this just means for tournament format. So like, for example, in the Scott Fishbowl, that's a tournament format where you'll potentially be competing against similar rosters. You know, because the same players tend to be on the same winning teams, and uh, you know when that when that final goes from 1,200 people down to 12 people, it definitely would be an example of something where you'd want to have a correlated team. Now, the Scott Fishbowl draft already happened. I'm just pointing out why you'd want to do that. But Goff, I just looking at his numbers, it really is fascinating. 2016 under Jeff Fisher, seven games, five touchdowns, seven interceptions. The next season, no break in between. You know, not not a transition year. Uh, he plays in 15 games for the Rams under uh, Sean McVay. His adjusted yards per attempt went from 4.3 to 8.5. Then last year, the Rams were even better 
His adjusted yards per attempt stayed the same because he threw some more interceptions, but last year Jared Goff threw 4,688 yards and 32 touchdowns. So in a single quarterback league, a st- like a you know a standard 12-team league or a PPR 12-team league, would I take Jared Goff as my primary quarterback? Uh, I probably wouldn't go into my draft planning on it. So he kind of goes in, he'll go in between the latter half of the ninth round and the beginning of the 11th round, sort of depending on your league. And also depending on which site you draft on, probably don't talk about that enough, but you know, the, the ADP and the average ranks on ESPN, Yahoo, my fantasy league, CBS, they all do have an impact on the draft. There is just something really psychological about having to scroll down and pick someone else. So I, I always think that that is sort of an interesting phenomenon that takes place in in fantasy football. But yeah, I, I, I would not go into a draft um, thinking that that was going to be my guy. So, And the reasoning behind that is basically that Jared Goff is not going to add any rushing upside. And if you look at the guys next to him in ADP, there's guys like Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, uh, around ahead, Cam Newton and Kyler Murray. And when you're drafting a fantasy football quarterback, you should really only care about upside in like a 12 or 14 team league because upside is all that matters, right? The, the quarterback position in fantasy football is all about upside because there are so many guys who are going to score in between 15 and 20 fantasy points per week. And it's very unlikely that those guys are going to be the ones who kill your draft. So if you end up with Jared Goff as your quarterback, you know, don't don't panic, don't freak out. It, it's going to be fine. Uh, you know, tenth, eleventh round, it's fine, but probably not someone that you should be going out to target simply because his league winning upside is definitely lower than the rushing quarterbacks who are going around him. Moving to the running backs, this is actually probably the most interesting scenario that we have. So. Todd Gurley is the presumed starter. He has a massive guaranteed deal for two more years. The team matched a uh, restricted free agency tender on Malcolm Brown and also retained the services of John Kelly while also trading up for and drafting Daryl Henderson in the NFL draft. So this team has four running backs, and I guess five if you want to count Justin Davis, who has been on the team for a while as well, played in uh, 11 games last year, you know, only 19 rushing yards, but still was on the team. Uh, He's like mostly a special teamer. So the question you have to ask yourself is, what is the upside with Gurley if all of this stuff about his knee is wrong? So the Rams are using the veteran plan to limit his reps in camp. And basically what we've heard about Gurley is that uh, his knees have arthritis. We've heard that it's not a big deal. We've heard that it matters. Uh, Todd Gurley's personal trainer confirmed that he's dealing with this arthritic component to his knee. You know, Gurley has injured his knee. Uh, uh, he, He came out of Georgia with a torn ACL. So... I do not take Gurley a lot. The leagues where I do take Gurley, they're not like my my 12-team home league, right? I I would not take Todd Gurley in that league because the downside with taking Todd Gurley in that league is the level of replacement is going to be really low. Like, I'm going to have to pick up, uh, you know, Detrez Newsom or someone, you know, to, to fill in that roster spot. It's going to be pretty bare after the draft in terms of the running back waiver wire. 
where I would take Gurley is actually kind of a lot like Goff. I would be more interested in taking Goff as my quarterback in uh, a large field tournament format. So in the draft best ball championship, I do think he is an acceptable selection in the second round every once in a while. Uh, when you're trying to build like hyper fragile teams, you know, just building regular normal, uh, you know, uh, two quarterback, six running back, eight wide receiver, two or three tight end sort of teams, you're probably not going to take Todd Gurley because that's a really fragile strategy and can only work out, uh, you know, a certain percentage of the time because a lot of Gurley's value is, of course, built in in being a pass-catching running back. He had 81 targets and 59 receptions in 14 games last year. Uh, And also, he needs to be scoring touchdowns to add to that value. And I'm not 100%. No, in fact, I am 100% certain that Todd Gurley is not going to be used in that same role in 2019. Uh, the team is going to be using Malcolm Brown a little bit more, and the team is definitely going to be using Daryl Henderson more. And what's interesting about Henderson is I think that uh, the, the coaches think that they have something in Henderson, and they don't really want to talk about it to the public. So Charles Robinson from Yahoo reports that uh, the team wants to use Daryl Henderson as like a Chris Thompson type, which makes sense to me, but Henderson is bigger. Uh, like he's he's definitely more of like an actual running back than, you know, Chris Thompson, Theo Riddick, uh, Giovanni Bernard, like he's more of like a real running back size. So it wouldn't make sense to me to use him just that way. I think probably the most likely scenario for Henderson is that he gets something like 50 carries to 60 to 80 targets over the course of the season. However, the reason why he goes in the eighth round is, one, he is going to have some sort of week-to-week role and definitely has some like home run potential. So especially in best ball leagues where you're not forced to a decision on starting or sitting him, I think the thing about Henderson that's great is He's just going to have some weeks where he has like four touches, but he gets a touchdown or whatever, kind of like Nick Chubb was last year. So that's definitely something that's interesting about Henderson. But um, the other thing is, is that if anything happens to Todd Gurley, uh, as as uh, Ian Rappaport reported that Todd Gurley's days as a straight up every down bell cow are probably over. If anything happens to Gurley, uh, Daryl Henderson stands to be like one of the most valuable players in fantasy football because I think what would happen uh, is what would happen with most teams is starting running back goes down the two guys behind him have the ability to get on the field a little bit more. So kind of like the team that we're going to talk about next, the Los Angeles Chargers, when Melvin Gordon went down, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson both came in and both kind of split up some of that work that Melvin Gordon left uh, left behind. So Malcolm Brown is another guy. Oh, I guess I should go ahead and give the verdict on Daryl Henderson. Henderson is a guy that I do find myself taking when he gets to the eighth round. Uh, he sort of fits my zero RB strategy of like embracing uncertain backfields or embracing the volatility and also targeting rookie running backs. Targeting rookie running backs is definitely one of the biggest tenants of zero RB drafting because the range of outcomes with rookies is so absolutely vast. So Henderson is definitely a player that uh, I find myself targeting. I take him in uh, I take him in draft best ball leagues. I take him in regular weekly management leagues. Uh, I, I I believe that I took him in the FFPC pros versus Joe's, but I would have to go look at my roster, but he was definitely one of my targets going into that draft. And 
Malcolm Brown uh, and teams where uh, I go sort of with like a, a heavier RB structure. I'd love to, I, I mean, I love to take him either way. I think Malcolm Brown probably is a little bit too cheap in fantasy football drafts right now because he, there's definitely a percent chance that he is the real handcuff to Todd Gurley and that Daryl Henderson is just going to stay in this kind of hybrid pass catching uh, jet motion sort of role for the uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. So now moving to the wide receivers, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Uh, last season, these were three of the most valuable wide receivers in fantasy football. Robert Woods had 130 targets, 86 receptions, 1,200 yards, six touchdowns. Brandon Cooks had 117 targets, 1,200 yards, and five touchdowns, averaged 10.3 yards per target. Cooper Cup in eight games, including one where he left early, 55 targets, 40 receptions, and six touchdowns. So the obviously the thing that leaps out at you there is the touchdowns. Cooper Cup is sort of the red zone guy for this offense. However, something kind of interesting has happened to his ADP over the course of the offseason. He started out being picked right next to Woods and Cooks. But as reports have come out about uh, his ACL recovery, uh, you know, he says that he's taken it uh, day to day. Rams coach Sean McVay said the, the goal is for Cooper Cup to be ready for week one. Basically, as uh, you know, no one ever, uh, no one ever wants to draft someone who is already hurt, right? And uh, it seems like Cooper Cup is maybe not quite back to 100%, and maybe he ends up being like a a, a very crazy value. There certainly is a chance that uh, Cooper Cup ends up being the best value out of the three if they all project for similar volume, and Cup has the greatest role inside the red zone. So our projections, like Brandon Cooks, uh, like uh, a good bit better than Woods and Cup because his career yards per target is so good and we are all like we we build in uh you know just a little bit of like he's just so he's efficient right Brandon Cooks is just this hyper efficient player he's never had more than 129 targets in a season uh and other than that other than that uh sophomore season for New Orleans he's never had more than 117 but uh his catch rate for his career is 65 percent uh the only year he was below 60% was that year in New England, and he's also never scored double-digit touchdowns, which definitely is in the range of outcomes for a player like him, because guys that play like Brandon Cooks can just run hot for a year. Um, this is something we've talked about with like guys like Deshaun Jackson in the past, or Will Fuller this year, or T.Y. Hilton in the past. Even if they are not like a strict red zone weapon, they're not getting a bunch of red zone targets, guys like Cooks can just get hot for like a small amount of time. And, uh, you know, that, that guys like it's different when a guy like Robert Woods gets hot versus a guy like Brandon Cooks, because Woods just doesn't quite have that same long speed, doesn't quite have that same game. And so that's going to influence how they score fantasy points. Uh, probably a little bit of reason to be drafting Josh Reynolds in your fantasy football league, because if any of Cooks, Woods, or Cup misses time, gets hurt, gets benched, you know what, like if there's any reason for Cooks, Woods, or Cup to not play, Josh Reynolds basically becomes a starting player for this offense. Uh, his stats were not great last year. 
Um, you know, 50, uh, he had 53 targets in 16 games, five receiving touchdowns. Like he was fine, but, uh, basically you, you're more buying the playing time than the player. And I guess a quick word on Robert Woods, I guess the, the difficult thing for me is that you're often forced to choose between Cooks or Woods. Uh, my rankings and our projections prefer Cooks, but our projections also have Woods as a value where he's going as well. We think this offense is really good. We believe in Sean McVay, uh, even regressing a lot of what happened last year more to to like historical norms, we still think of Ram- we still think of the Rams as a a very good offense. Finally, moving to the tight ends, this is a two-man conversation between Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby. Uh, Higby is sort of considered the starting player by the Los Angeles Rams because he is the better blocker, but uh, he is not used in the passing game the way that Gerald Everett was. So Everett had 50 targets last season and Higby had 34. Uh, Some of the beat reporters there on the ground have called Gerald Everett the biggest surprise of the Rams offseason, basically saying that, uh, you know, the team just was not ready for him to become what he has become over the offseason. But it makes sense. You know, Everett is a pretty athletic player, was a semi-good receiving tight end at Southern Alabama. Higby played in that uh, that wild air raid system at Western Kentucky. So he had like a, he had like good college stats. But, uh, you know, we don't consider him. We don't consider him to be the starting tight end in our projections. We have more targets for Gerald Everett. Uh, neither of these guys are you're drafting in a 12 or 14 team standard league probably, but I do take Everett sometimes in the draft best ball championships when, uh, like, let's say I take Kelsey, let's say I take Ertz, let's say I take Kittle, and I also have Jared Goff, then I don't really need a backup tight end per se, because if that first three-round pick bust, that team is probably dead anyway, but I like to have the stack with Jared Goff. So, that is going to do it for us here today at the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, going over the Los Angeles Rams. Please, please, please make sure to check out rotoexperts.com and our NFL 365 package. You can see all of the projections that I've referenced in this conversation. You can check out our rankings. You can see all of our premium content. I just released the perfect draft for picks one through five and picks six through 12 in your fantasy football draft, depending on which one that you, uh, depending on which one that you draw. And uh, we have a lot of other really cool stuff going on at the site, and we hope that you will join us. And you can get 10% off of that using the promo code MATIC.